This podcast episode mentions lupus and mental health. These are our personal stories, and we are not mental health professionals. This is not a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be relied on as health or personal advice. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Today, we're going to hear Steph's resiliency story. Steph, tell us about your life. Thanks for having me. Um, So I'm Steph, and about seven years ago, I was diagnosed with lupus, and I had heard what lupus was. Um, You know, I knew of it. I knew a few people that had it, but it really didn't register in my brain until, you know, I was going through it, just how bad and how painful it was. (laughs) And, you know, everything in my life was changing. And I had, you know, a lot of people around me that loved and cared about me. I was really fortunate for that when I was diagnosed. Um, Because that's one of the biggest things is that a lot of people don't have support. Mm -hmm. Uh So I've been very fortunate as far as that having, you know, a support system. Can you tell us a little bit about lupus? I know we didn't talk about this earlier, but for people who don't know what lupus is. So there's three types of lupus. I have SLE, systemic lupus, I can't pronounce it, never (laughs) can, but it's SLE. Uh And um, it's basically just my system, my autoimmune system just attacks itself like my healthy cells. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, like every, there could be five of us that have lupus in the same room and we're all going to have different symptoms and react differently. And we mm-hmm. can all have, you know, lupus SLE and mm-hmm. it's, it's really wild. And mm-hmm. there's last time I was updated from my doctor, there was one drug that's been approved by the FDA which I've been on. It's just been a fight with the insurance company Mm. with covering it. So I had it for a little bit and then my grant went out. So now I'm on something else. And so we can try to figure out how to get me back on it. And it's just, it's really frustrating. Um, So there's not a lot of medications out there. Most of the medication is like chemo driven or rheumatoid arthritis Mm. driven. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've been on chemo before I lost my hair. So it's really strong drugs that just deplete you. Yeah. And were you on chemo for lupus? Yes. Okay. I did not know that they did that. Yes. A chemo pill or an injection or what? Um, for me specifically, I was on pills at a higher dose. Uh Um, and, but depending on what's going on with your body, you can be on chemo infusions. Uh So, um, just like with Crohn's disease, you can also have chemo infusions. So there's a lot of other reasons people have chemo treatments, which is something I've learned along the way. Um, yeah, it's been pretty wild. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I was pretty sick for a while too. So not only did I not feel well, then the medicine had me not feeling well Uh and they're like, it's going to get better. And I'm like, this stinks. It sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, and going in this, it's like your vitamin D plummets, but then you can't really be in the sun with lupus. Oh, (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Is it, does it, what happens if you're in the sun with lupus? Um, I already have a butterfly rash. Um, and that came with my Mm. lupus. So it's like right across my cheeks and across my nose. Mm. And when I'm in the sun, I just feel like if I'm in it too long, I get depleted. I don't feel well. Mm. And 
my butterfly rash just becomes really prominent. And so like, I have a lot of SPF clothing that I wear just mm. to go like in the pool. Mm. Um, if I'm at the beach and stuff, I, I'm normally the one under the umbrella. Like my wife's like, mm. where's your hat? I'm like, I have a hat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like the little kid that ever, like all my friends and everyone are like, make sure you have your sunblock. Yeah. <laughs> where's your hat at? <laughs> so everyone make sure I'm covered up. Like they know I have to be covered up. Um, but yeah, so my vitamin D, I mean, the lowest it's ever been was a nine, a single digit. So that was pretty rough. I wasn't feeling wow. well. Yeah. And so, normal range is like 30 and above. So. So do you take hmm. vitamin D then, or are you not I, able to? I do. No, mm-hmm. I do. I said they have me, you know, I take the prescription strength, you know, that you get from the pharmacy that the doctor prescribes. And even with that, I'm still low, mm-hmm. but if I wasn't taking that, I'd be even lower. So. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's definitely been a lot. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to I just want some higher vitamin D, you know. Just yeah. trying to enjoy outside, but I live in Florida, which is even more interesting. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say too that you live somewhere where you can you need to be in the mountains where the trees are covering. Yeah, you. And, well, you know, we're originally from New York and when we moved down here, I didn't have lupus. Like I'm such a beach person, like I love the ocean, I love mm. the sun. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but being here, like I can't be in the cold because that really hurts my joints. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's true. It's a catch 22, but you know. So you need to be somewhere that's warm that has no sun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let let me know. I don't know where that's going to be. (laughs) Let me know when you guys find it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, So, so the medicine has been rough, but. Yeah. And I mean, the fight with the insurance company just to get the correct medicine or, or one, the only one um, has to be extremely frustrating. And I mean, I, I would be in tears and then sometimes screaming and sometimes yelling and, you know, over yeah. just give me the medication I need. There's been a lot of that. There's been a lot of tears, a lot of yelling, a lot of screaming, a lot of just feeling like helpless about it. Um, I mean, there's other medications. It's just the one that is FDA approved. I happen to respond to really well, the, me- mm-hmm. the injection. So Benlista is an actual injection that I was getting that uh-huh. I had to give to myself. The injection hurt. Like I cried every time I had to give it to myself, oh, uh-huh. but it's one of the only ones that made me feel better. Oh, wow. So it was, that was definitely like, I would cry giving it to myself. Like both of my dogs were like, they'd come over to me, even my wife, like the dogs would come lay on me. Like, it's okay. It's okay. Like that's how bad it hurts to give it to yourself. Mm. And you can get an infusion monthly, but that was even more to try to get that approved. So mm-hmm. that wasn't going to happen. And mm. so I had to give it to myself weekly, but my grant was only for so long and you can only requalify for the grant every 12 months. It's like a rolling calendar. And I was mm. like, this is weird. I was mm. like, well, I need it for longer than that. It's <laughs> like money ran out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So frustrating. It is really frustrating. So now I'm on something else that it's like you almost feel better, but not a hundred percent. Like you're not mm-hmm. quite where you were. So hopefully they can figure something out. So this wasn't something you mentioned earlier, but um, something that I go through um, having had breast cancer and then everything that happens after that mm-hmm. because of the medications. And as I was on the chemo pill and I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like there's, it's like a, a, a cascading effect. It was five mm-hmm. years ago, but I'm still feeling the effects of it. So something that I, I want to ask you is, um, have you, or how do you 
grieve the person you were? Have you thought about it? I call it the dark days, like the dark days Mm -hmm. and the dark years, because it was rough. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I was so like, I was a different person. I was so upset and I would cry and I was depressed and any little thing would just trigger me that like, I can't do this. Uh What about my dreams? You know, Uh everything's different. And ultimately it came down to like me having to go to a therapist. Like I had to get help. Mm -hmm. Like I, like I wasn't getting out of bed. Like I fell into a really, really, really deep depression because what triggered us figuring out something was wrong with me seven years ago was that it was my hands that went first. Cause I used to box like boxing was one of my uh-huh. passions and I was boxing and my hands just started to hurt. And I remember just going up to my trainers and I'm like, is it my gloves? Am I not robbing my hands? Right. Like, and it's been years that I've been doing it. So I'm like, yeah. something doesn't seem right. And they're like, no, everything's fine. And I'm like, my hands hurt, my hands hurt. And so we went to the doctors and they just started running tests and you know, here we are now. Yeah. And so when I lost the use of my hands to do what I love, yeah. it's just, I went into such a dark depression and I'm at a point now where I'm in a much better mental space where I don't, I don't separate the two like pre-lupus, you know, how I was and how I am now. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it's, it's just been like one big ride and I am who I am now and had to go through all that to get here and it's okay. But I used to be so focused on what I had to lose. Mm-hmm. And then I had to, now I know that like, I, could, I couldn't live like that because it was tearing me apart. Yeah. Um, it really was tearing me apart, but I've gained so much because I wouldn't have left my job. I wouldn't have took in the leap and started a business like there's just so much that came from it yeah that's so important Mm -hmm. do you remember a shift like when you started to feel like you were coming out of the depression and where it started to turn the corner or was it gradual it was gradual but I could definitely say it was probably like what are we in 2022? So probably like two and a half years ago. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Cause it was a rough, yeah. Cause it, I was dealing with my own grief mm-hmm. and then my wife had her accident. So there was right. just like, it was just like piling on. So it was like a mixture. Cause then yeah. I, not only was I grieving myself, then I knew that my wife was going through her own grief of you know limitations and like what is going on and uh-huh. you know and I knew which and now she had daily pain because I know what it is to have daily pain right and I never wished that on anyone ever to last like the person I love and I was like this is just crazy so let's rewind a minute because I know I took mm-hmm. us out of order <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, <that's> okay. <laughs> so um you you mentioned uh, before the call you mentioned that you met your wife before your diagnosis yes. um and then um um, so let's go back to that. So you met your wife before the diagnosis and then about Mm -hmm. seven years ago, you were diagnosed. Um, and then you were married in 2017. Mm -hmm. 
and then she had her accident. So tell us a little bit about that because it was briefly mentioned just a second ago, um, but I wanna make sure that um, it's covered. You don't have to go into a lot of detail, just what you shared with us before the call so we can, so the listeners know what, what you're referring oh, yeah. to. Um, so we were married and then about a year and five months later is when my wife had her car accident. She was leaving work and then she was hit head on by a Mack truck that was loaded with gasoline. It's just so incredible. And, you know, just whatever you believe in, like she just, whether it was guardian angels or, you know, just the fact that she walked away from that, not on fire, nothing blew up, you know, everything uh-huh. intact. Um, it's just a miracle in itself because, and before the, what, what I didn't say earlier, so before the ambulance got there, three people pulled over that day to help her. Mm. One was an off-duty EMT. One was a, because um, in the area we have the um, Air Force Base. Uh-huh. And um, so one was from the base. And then there was another lady from like a law firm. So like these three people stopped to help her and like make sure she's okay and like breathing and everything um, just before the ambulance got there. And that's amazing. It was just like these little angels in place, mm-hmm. like just to help her. It's like, like it couldn't have, I just remember walking on that scene though, because I didn't live far. So yeah. I got the call that she had the accident and my sister drove me there. And I flew out of the car when we got there and just seeing that she was already in the ambulance. So I didn't know what I was walking into, but that's something you never forget. No, uh-huh. you do not. Yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> you never yeah. forget it. Mm-mm. Never forget it. It's burned in. <laughs> it, it is burned in. It I can is. still picture my son's from his car accident. I can still picture his, the car. Um, yeah. Yes. It, what I can still picture what I saw when I was, we, he was air vac And so we got the mm-hmm. call two and a half hours after he was already there. Oh, um, yeah. and, um, and walking in and seeing him on the street, he'd already had a surgery when we got there. Wow. And seeing him, I will never forget it. You, d- you just no, don't. You don't. You and, don't. I, and, um, I was, uh, and you probably experienced, well, I mean, I, I shouldn't speak for you on that, but I was traumatized. Yes. By it. So I didn't mm-hmm. see the medical helicopter. I didn't hear, I mean, you know, it was two hours before we like his accident happened between five and five 30 in the morning. And we got a call between eight and eight 30. Wow. Um, so he'd been air backed out and, and all that. And it was um, two miles, a mile and a half from our house, but we didn't hear it or anything. And um, um, I did, so I didn't hear the, the medical helicopter, but anytime I saw one, oh. I was, I would be triggered. Yeah. And it was, it was a really rough time. Mm-hmm. And I kept questioning myself going, uh, you know, is this selfish? Am I being selfish? Why am I feeling this way? I wasn't in the accident. And I, then I had other feelings about feeling mm-hmm. the feelings, yeah. <laughs> the, the trauma of, of seeing yeah. somebody you love like that. It, it's really yes. difficult. Um, it really is. Mm-hmm. So you get stuck with that, that image. Um, yeah. It doesn't leave you. Yeah, no. And you remember like little details. Like I, I remember when my sister pulled over to the side of the road 
and it was an intersection before the accident and it was a green light and like all the cars waited for us to cross because they knew where we were going yeah and like they let us cross and like like just little things that like don't leave you because like I just remember the most specific things from that day yeah and like Mm -hmm. they're just clear like they're just very very clear Mm -hmm. but you know the trauma from that you know it's a trauma that you have to go through on both ends but Mm -hmm. you get through it and you know it's the same way with lupus just every day I get through it yeah and my wife's getting through it every day. You know, she's had nine surgeries and over 30 procedures. Her most recent surgery was just since February of this year. Oh, it's, you know, and, this, and the accident was 2018. And everyone thinks, oh, you had an accident, you know, you're doing better. They don't see what's yep. going on internally that you have to keep having these surgeries and going mm-hmm. to therapy. And it's a lot. Yeah. What it a is. compounding situation too. Like you're, <laughs> yeah. you're diagnosed, you know, you, you get diagnosed with lupus, you're working through right. that and the, you know, your dark days and all of that. And your mm. wife gets hit by an accident and COVID happens. Like it's just like continues to compound yet. Mm-hmm. You said 2.5 years ago is when you had like, when you, you had that gradual, like I'm okay. Right. Like, yeah. Like, so like, that's it. Like how, like, I know you said you're you're a therapist. I think people would, you know, benefit if you have any other like pieces for that of, because life is so compounding and, you know, there's that whole phrase of the rule of three for a reason. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, like, were there other things besides your therapist that you feel like really just helped with that, like uh, awakening that, you know, clarity piece? So my therapist is really good at, you know, besides, you know, letting me talk, she would give me exercises Mm -hmm. and keep reminding, you know, she's like exercises to do. And, you know, she always had things for me to read. Like for me, I'm a very like visual person or like I need activities mm-hmm. and I like to keep learning and like, you know, and I've been going to her for a while, but she would always just remind me to keep doing things, you know, just one thing a day mm-hmm. that, you know, brings me peace. That's for me. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I wake up really early for the most part. And it's just that wee hour of the morning, whether I like light an incense and just like sit there with my own thoughts or do some yoga stretching, or maybe I read a book or sometimes I just play with the dogs, Mm -hmm. you know, something simple. And it was just little things like that, that I just, every day, just wake up and do something to make myself happy. Do something that I, you know, something that I can physically do that hasn't been taken away from me. Mm -hmm. And I just kept doing it and doing it. And she's like, and it's okay if you miss a day, you know, you're going to have hard days. She's like, for the rest of your life, you are going to have hard days, you know, from mm-hmm. here and there, whether you have lupus or not. And I'm like, this is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I had to remember that it wasn't just lupus, that there were going to be hard days regardless. Mm-hmm. So just remembering that I could do something every day that wasn't taken away from me is what like brought that light back to me that I still had control. <laughs> yeah. And then COVID hit and I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, great. Now I'm stuck inside (laughs) when I'm Uh starting to feel better. (laughs) 
And yeah. that was really, that was hard, but I was mm-hmm. so grateful that it happened when I was feeling better. Mm-hmm. And my wife got really worried, but I was like, we're going to get through this. I'm like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And we did get through it. Mm-hmm. Before COVID hit, were either of you working out of the home, like outside of the home before COVID? My wife, my wife was, I worked from home. She was working outside. So she was still able to work after that insane accident. Or oh, no, 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 During COVID, she was having surgeries. Yeah. During COVID, Mm -hmm. she was having surgeries. I had Mm -hmm. to sit in the car for hours waiting Mm -hmm. for her because I wasn't Mm -hmm. allowed in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. It was terrifying. Yeah. 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 I bet. So tell us about your incredible business that you started that I, that I so love seeing images of, like they bring me joy and I don't know why, like, I'm so upset. Thank you. So, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that and how that got started. The part of the journey has always been bath salts and candles yeah. to just relax my body because it always oh. hurts. And oh. then it just became, you know, I've always been into herbs and oils just growing up anyway. And then we just kind of looked at each other and it was just kind of a no brainer. Just, you know, let's just do this. And I've always wanted like an apothecary. So I think ultimately <laughs> that's the goal one day for it to become maybe like a full blown apothecary, but mm-hmm. I'm not there yet, but that's what we're manifesting. And candles and bath salts is where it started. And, you know, we've kind of taken off from there, but custom candles and incense and anything that's going to try to relax you or bring you a memory or, you know, just bring a smile to your face is what trying to do. And I'm going to keep doing it because I'm able to use my hands again. And I'm very Mm. grateful for that. (laughs) And it brings me joy. Like I love decorating and being artsy and, you know, and do a whole bunch of other stuff too, but there's just something about candles. that's very therapeutic for me. What a, you know, sometimes we talk about like shifting perspective and I even hear that here, like through your story and what you're sharing with us and, you know, like, um, you saying things like had some of this not happened, I wouldn't have my, my business. I wouldn't have like, there's, there's Mm -hmm, some mm -hmm. things that have happened Mm -hmm. where, you know, now you look at it and you're like, like, oh, I have this, I have this yeah. where I wouldn't have had it before. Mm-hmm. I, I firmly believe that because I was like, you know, for me, it was working, you know, the 50 plus hours a week, you know, mm-hmm. at the computer, you know, for someone else. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you know, that that's what I'd always done and it paid my bills. And I was very grateful for that at that time, but that came to an end and now I'm on a different path and here I am, but that would not have happened Mm -hmm. if everything else hadn't happened. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have uh, another question. I've been thinking about this since we started um, because you talked about lupus and, and how, um, 
you know, you could all have the same quote unquote type of lupus and yet it's all going to hit you differently. Mm -hmm. Um, how, yeah, you also talked about community and the power of your community and people Mm -hmm. who cared for you. And so, you know, sometimes, uh, our, a big support in, is the community of people who they're going through the same stuff, mm-hmm. um, because you guys can talk and, you know, like sometimes that works a lot for people. Was that your community? How did that work out? Or did you choose different communities to help you and support you? I did a mixture. Uh-huh. I had, you know, like my immediate, you know, family and friends, who, you know, they dove in and did as much research as they could to try to understand with me, which I was very Mm -hmm. grateful for. Mm -hmm. And then I immediately, I have a lot of nurse friends and doctor friends, which I was lucky for. Mm -hmm. And then they directed me to like support groups, but I just, I found like Facebook groups. I found any kind of group I could that was related to some kind of lupus. Mm -hmm. And I made friends anywhere from the U S you know, to the UK, like just across just there's people all over the place and not even just specific to lupus, but just chronic pain, chronic illness. And, you know, just broaden my understanding of what was happening to me and how many people were actually living like this. Yeah. And just over the years, you know, there are some people that don't feel comfortable speaking about it. And there's other people that become advocates. Some people don't. And I found my own voice in it over the years and I have no problem speaking about it, you know, or helping someone else do paperwork or helping them find, you know, like a manufacturer coupon. And so, you know, I've made friends, you know, just through Instagram, you know, so it's been, it's been life-changing just finding the groups and speaking to people in our community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's something that I think is a big part of resilience that is not talked about. Um, uh, Samantha comes back to community quite a bit and I wouldn't even think of it on my own. Every time she brings it up, I'm like, oh, community. I mean, it's so important. Um, And a lot of times people have to build their own community because they don't have one. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's something that I see as like a theme, a reoccurring Mm -hmm. theme is that Mm -hmm. people that have come on and talked to us about their resiliency story have talked about in one shape or another, their support system or their community. And it's so important. Mm -hmm. And we see that as people are telling their resiliency stories, a big part of it, um, almost like it helps you to pull yourself out of those dark days is, Mm -hmm. is starting to reach out and, and build that community connection. Even if you have a great support system at home, Mm-hmm. Um, which it sounds like you did, it is so important to make those connections and, and kind of reach out. Even if you sit on a community, you know, on like a Facebook site and don't say a word, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I did that for the longest time on the, um, the breast cancer sites. And I was on a, a few of them, mm-hmm. um, you know, different themes, um, but all breast cancer related. Um, um, and I would just sit and and read their stories and see posts and go, yeah, that's me. Mm-hmm. Or, or if I had a, you know, what is X, you know, what is this that's happening? I could search it and see what other people had said about it. And then I eventually, when I was comfortable, started communicating and, and stuff. And so important. It's, it's like, it, it's like, you're taking steps forward without even mm-hmm. knowing you're doing it. And 
community is so important. Samantha, I'm so glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Because it just make, listen, it just makes all the difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Someone it listening is, to this is gonna have yes. like a lupus connection, right? They're yes. they're well, you're they're not alone. To, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. It's just the fact that you're not alone and mm-hmm. Whether, you know, it's someone reading it could be down the street or they could be, you know, 12 hours away or, you know, Uh just they're reading it and maybe they just got diagnosed today and they don't even know where to begin. Uh Right. Uh You know, and now they're like, okay. And, 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 you know, maybe I shared my story today, you know, because I used to, in the beginning, I wrote a lot of stuff. Like I would write, 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 write on my Facebook and I would share, share, share. And some people, you know, some people are always like, oh, why are you sharing? And I'm like, then don't follow me. Like, it's fine. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. Like, and, and I would always tell them, I'm, I'm like, I'm sharing it. I was like, because when I first was diagnosed, I felt like I didn't know where to go. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, and I was like, and I had to go find it. And I'm like, uh-huh. so I'm going to share it and I'm going to make it public. And I'm like, and if they find it, I'm like, I'm, I hope they find it. That's the whole uh-huh. thing. Yeah. Because uh-huh. I, like, I don't want someone to feel alone. Mm-hmm. Right. Feeling alone is the worst. Mm-hmm. And it's okay for people who have a similar situation and don't want to share, but mm-hmm. it's also important for those people who are willing to share to mm-hmm. do so because you sharing probably helped so many other people that you'll never even know about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know I hear that a lot about when I, I don't share about my breast cancer much anymore, uh, you know, on Facebook or anything. It was mm-hmm. five years ago, but when I did, So many people came to me and Mm -hmm. said, I had breast cancer too. And I didn't tell anyone. I'm going, what? (laughs) No, Uh Oh my goodness. And then other people, I shared how I found my breast cancer and Mm. they then found theirs because Mm -hmm. of it. And so Uh. it's the same with lupus. There's probably so many people that Mm -hmm. have lupus and don't know Mm -hmm. because I have heard it's, it's a tricky diagnosis to get to. Mm -hmm. Um, They have to rule out everything else. Uh, you know, from the couple people that I've talked to, they, yeah. they have said it's, it's almost like when you have rheumatoid arthritis or other things like that, they have to rule mm-hmm. everything else out before mm-hmm. they'll say lupus or Crohn's or, you know, mm-hmm. um, so it's a, it's a road that you mm-hmm. have to travel. And some people, you know, maybe your story mm-hmm. got mm-hmm. them their diagnosis that they've been looking mm-hmm. for. That's so brave. Mm-hmm. You know, so I always brave. encourage people. I'm like, if you want to share it, I'm like, please do. I'm like, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, don't feel like you have, because not everyone's meant to be an advocate and to share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That is totally okay. Yeah. yeah. But it's definitely been, you know, it's been a road, but it's not one that, like, I used to not be able to talk about any of this without crying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and my healing journey it's been really deep and really personal and I've been through a lot of crying. It was a lot, a lot of tears Mm -hmm. were shed. A lot of tears were shed to get to a point of I'm okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's a, I am who I am and Mm -hmm. you know, whatever is going to come is going to come regardless. And it doesn't mean I don't have hard days. Doesn't mean you know, mm-hmm. there's some day, you know, that I'm not in bed, you know, and it, it doesn't mean none of that's not going to happen. You know, it doesn't mean I'm still not going to have to fight for, me- you know, medicine and right. change any of that, but today I'm okay. <laughs> and, that, and that's, that's, I think something that I keep hearing resounding in your story too, mm-hmm. is like, 
I'm okay. And it's mm-hmm. okay if I, if I have a, a day that's bad, it's yes. okay. If yeah. like, that's part of me being okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the good, yep. the bad, the ugly, it's yep. all part of me being okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh. That's exactly. Cause mm-hmm. otherwise I'd still, you know, be where I was and everyone takes a different amount of time in their journey to get to where their next point is mm-hmm. you know, for me. Every took, journey is different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for me, it was like a five-year journey and, mm-hmm. you know, bless my wife for hanging in there. Cause it was hard. <laughs> yeah. It was super, super hard, but she was there with me, you know, and there were times that she was the one calling my therapist to make an appointment for me because yeah. mm-hmm. I was getting out of bed, you know, yeah. and I always wish for people to have, you know, a partner, a friend, a family member that's going to be there to really help them. And not everyone has that, but I, you know, I hope that people can get that because sometimes it's really hard to do by yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something that um, we, we have, that's come up a couple of times, but we didn't really touch on it is the fact that you went to a therapist and Samantha and I mm-hmm. are big advocates mm-hmm. for um, therapists and therapy. Um, yes. I don't know if you have any um, journey associated with trying to find a therapist, but if so, um, would you be comfortable sharing with us how you chose your therapist and why you, why you stuck with that one, why that one was the, the therapist? It was just between two therapists. Okay. And I ended up staying with the one that I did. It was just more about a connection. She just, you know, she would let me speak, ask me questions. It was just, it just felt right for me. I mean, I just like, for me, I just have to have a connection and feel comfortable. Uh-huh. I don't know. I'm, I'm a very like vibe kind of person. <laughs> if there's not yeah. a good vibe there, I've been known to be like, thanks for your time. And I'll just leave. That's just like that. Thanks for your time. I'm going to leave yeah, um, that's just, that's just who I am. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to continue to waste your time. So, yeah. and that's a good boundary for yourself too. Yeah, because if you stay too boundaries. long, yeah, yeah, say you you're kind of letting your boundaries go, mm-hmm. and then that could lead to mm-hmm. a, a, a loss of additional boundary space. And so that's that's really good that that you do that. And I think that we should go by of our vibes. It's mm-hmm. okay if you don't connect with every therapist. They don't Correct. connect with every patient. Mm-hmm. Read. Oh, mm-hmm. I wish they would be more honest too. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think this is a good fit. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have yeah. another colleague I can recommend you to because that yeah. would save mm-hmm. me a lot of time back in the day. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's true. If there's not a connection, mm-hmm. it, it's it's not real. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is real. It's physically happening. You're really there. But yeah, you need that connection, or at least I mm-hmm. do when I'm I speaking do, yeah. to same with friends, though, you know, there's uh-huh. people I really like, you mm-hmm. know, co-workers, employees, friends, whatever. There's people that I really like, but we don't connect and that's Correct. okay. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to go hang out um, mm-hmm. and you're not going to go hang out with your therapist either. But, you know, if you're not <laughs> connecting, I, I'm not going to mm-hmm. call that friend and, and or that colleague and verbally vomit to them. Mm-hmm. because I don't connect with them, but I still respect them and like them. And I feel like it's the same with the therapist. If you can't speak to them with a comfort level that is personal to you, 
it's a waste of your time. Uh And um, Uh so uh, that's another theme that we we've seen a lot, Samantha. (laughs) Uh Uh And I'm so glad that people know to do that, Uh to Uh go with your comfort level. And if they're not your Uh vibe, then they're not your tribe. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, if there's anyone out there that, you know, is new to lupus, just know that it does get better. (laughs) Like I know it's hard and, you know, you're going to have hard days, weeks, months, you know, sometimes you're in bed for months and that's not even exaggerating. And I know it's hard, but just know that there's a light and you will get through it. And there is a community out there for you. And we are here. You're not alone. That's really, that's why we're all, you know, little purple heart butterfly warriors because yeah we were made for it so we can get Mm -hmm. through it love that well thank you so much for joining us today Steph and sharing your resiliency story if you want to connect with um, Steph and see her products and her online candle and gift shop um, also to just connect with her and maybe ask her some questions about lupus. You can do so on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook at yabara.love.and.more.llc. And yabara is y-b-a-r-r-a dot love dot and dot more dot L-L-C. Or you can go to their website, www.yabara-love.com. Thank you again, Steph, for sharing your resiliency story. It is really important to get the word out about lupus. And I'm so um, honored to have been able to participate in this call today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to And Life Happened. We hope you enjoyed this episode and will continue to listen and like our podcast. If you would like to support our podcast, You can do so by sharing this with others to build our community of resilience. To stay updated on the latest information, please follow us at and underscore life happened on Instagram. If you would like to share your life happened story of resilience, please complete the form in our Instagram bio. These are our personal stories and we are not mental health professionals. This is not a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be relied on as health or personal advice. Thank you.